I wake up this morning and I go outside and my eyes start watering instantly. And I look around and it's just smoke everywhere. There's from the fires. Yep. Wildfires. And, um, I look at my phone and I see the first thing I see on Twitter is that there's literally in some areas around me, ash just falling Mm -hmm. from the sky. Yeah. So, um, yay. I mean, I lived in Los Angeles. I've been through that. It was wild. Yeah. Did you ever see like a palm tree just like on fire? No. This is a thing that happens apparently. Like the palm trees will just like catch fire. Catch on fire. That makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, I remember wearing a mask before COVID because (laughs) the ash was everywhere. I was like, this is so scary and dangerous. And people are really out here acting like, like it's fire season. I'm like, this is not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're like, it's fire season. Like I had a coworker that was like, yeah, I was just evacuated from my house and now I'm in a hotel. I'm like, and you're here? Why are you, what are you doing here? That's like the equivalent of somebody being like, like you being like, hey, you showed up late to work and you you've got bruises on you. It's like, oh, it's mugging season, you know. <laughs> totally normal thing that just happens here. I mean, I don't know. People were really treating it like someone would like they were treating it less seriously than when in the Northeast when like a nor'easter is coming. Mm, yeah, you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. When people are like, okay, we have to like prepare for this and react to it. People are just like, oh, hey, it's fire season. Yeah, that was wild. And I was like, okay, I remember looking up masks too. <laughs> like, what is going to prevent me from like getting ash in my lungs and whatnot? Yeah. Okay. So, so wild positive. Maybe people actually wear their fucking masks. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Also, you should be careful of that if it's, if it's, if it's raining ash up there. That's unusual though, though, right? For Seattle uh i guess i've only been here for a year and at this point nothing surprises me like it's just oh my god this place is so weird it's just so weird i don't know whatever um uh speaking of weird so something amazing happened this week listeners Mm -hmm. something Mm life-changing Ramy is now Mm -hmm. on tiktok Mm-hmm. I sure am. I finally did it. I finally like got with the program. Unfortunately. Ew. <laughs> Ew. I had to. Ew. <laughs> so I think I said in a previous episode, if we still that if that happens, I'm out. You're oh, you're no. in this alone. If you get a what are those a board a A soundboard it's not a soundboard for what it's worth it's an app i have on my phone that has literally one button and it's just the dj air horn (laughs) it's literally it's just one button it's just one red button i i don't know i like i used to use it in meetings when like um i don't know something fun would happen (laughs) and i'd just be like yeah okay i'll put that away i promise um so so you're on tiktok what um Mm -hmm. What spurred the change? What has it been like? Um, oh, you know what? I wanted to find things to do around me. That's why mm. I actually got it. Cause I was like, okay, all of the like cool, the cool scene, the cool places, you find them on TikTok now. So I'm like, okay, yeah. let me figure that out. Um I've been watching a lot of I don't know, 
Oh, I wish I could remember what he's called. I've been watching a lot of work-related ones, obviously. Because mm-hmm. I guess that's obvious because we've got a podcast about all this stuff. Um, wait, now I have to find what that, per- what that guy is called. Or it's going to haunt me. Because I also... <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about TikTok. You open it and boom, it hits you with, some- with somebody with making... Something a cake and you're like that's fascinating that they're making this cake with mochi or whatever and then you're like what's next it's so (laughs) weird it's actually like of it's it's just feels very strange to me like it's like the most random stuff (laughs) i remember when um the Mm -hmm. pandemic started and time just like disappeared uh, and so I started staying up later naturally, but that was also when my partner and I got on TikTok, and we would literally lay in bed TikToking. We would lay in bed with our backs to each other. Occasionally, one of us would giggle, then send a TikTok to the other person, and then the other person would see it and then giggle. And we would do that till like four in the fucking morning. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is also a time suck, which makes no sense because I feel like most of the time I'm scrolling looking for something that's interesting to me. This is it's such a weird app. It's so weird. Okay, but the person is DeAndre Brown, otherwise known as Corporate Baddie, otherwise known as at I'm Dre Brown. And I referenced him previously in this podcast because I was like someone like I came across a TikTok or something that was like talking about how Gen Z quits. And Mm. now that I'm on TikTok, I know who this person is. So I just wanted to cite my sources now. So there you go. Look at you being a fact factory. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, but I am on TikTok um, now. Mm -hmm. There's two other people who talk about work culture. One, I can't remember her name, but everyone just refers to her as the toodaloo lady. Um, And she's very blunt and hilarious. Like, you know she'll have a zoom call and her boss is like, Hey, I want you to pick up this extra work. And she'd be like, okay. And you're going to pay me more for that. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Toodaloo. Uh, and then my favorite, um, I'm going to butcher her name, but I think it's Sarai or it's S A R A I Sarai's threads is her handle. Mm-hmm. And she plays these characters that are just fucking hilarious. Like her boss will be like, Hey, I need you to work on the weekend. Veronica. And then it'll switch to her. Like, Literally just like holding a massive like Starbucks in the bag. Just oh, be like, ah, Veronica, ha, 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 yeah. you're so funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bye. bye. And, like I saw another TikTok where somebody was like, this woman is doing more to radicalize American employees than anyone else. And it's so true. Like she talks about quiet quitting and how it's complete bullshit. And um, she talks about, oh, her fate. My favorite thing is she talks about acting your wage yeah which is like ooh, it's a good one so highly recommend that if anyone knows this person and can get her on our pod or uh was it deandre was his last name oh i don't know corporate baddie i think corporate he's baddie. like the originator okay let's get him on here um yeah like i think he's like actually the originator of this like sort of trend going on well in that um, case let's spend the entire next hour just watching tiktoks on <laughs> i'm sure there's i mean yeah if hello if either of you want to come on our podcast please do i don't see why they would 
<laughs> why not we're, we're awesome. fun we're fun we we need so we have a tiktok there's just no videos on it yeah because i don't care for social that. media <laughs> good thing uh you have a podcast i know well i don't know that wasn't necessarily my decision <laughs> yeah i just started recording our conversations and here we yeah. are whoopsies yeah. whoops and with that being said i'm Ramy. that's robbie and this is i would never know a podcast <laughs> Okay, today we're doing an episode on people you meet um, during your CS degree. Yeah, which yeah. we both had fairly similar, but also fairly different uh, experiences, I think. Oh, you think? I don't think we would have had similar experiences at all. Why? Because I'm like 90? No, because you're white, you're oh, male yeah. presenting. And weren't you like a music major? Uh, like, <laughs> kind of. What I mean is, I guess what I meant to say was that like our CS, uh, the overall landscapes of the CS programs we in, pro- we were in, were probably were not not that like super different from each other. But our individual experiences were absolutely like night and day. Mm, okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So why don't you tell us, tell our listeners, what your, you know, high level, what your college journey was. Yeah, give them some context. Yeah, contextualize um, this bitch. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I went to GW in DC, and it's like okay, it's a school about of about seventeen thousand people, but the actual engineering school, I think, was like four hundred people total. That includes like Mechies and CS had like fifty people or something like that. Really, I might be like exaggerating, maybe, but it felt like that. It was tiny. It was tiny. Huh. But yeah, I came in. I thought I was going to be like Neil deGrasse Tyson. That's, what do you? I, what do you? That's mean? why I went to GW. I went to GW because I thought I was going to be a, like a mechanical engineer. Oh, okay. and work at NASA. I just thought you meant you were going to be sassy as fuck. Ah! <laughs> um, but okay, wait. So already. Here's here's one. The well-meaning student advisor who said to me, you'd be better off undecided. And what? then put me in undecided. Yeah, already. I I think we're going to have very different experiences because I was gaslit all four years. Yeah, no, we so, have very different experiences. Yeah. Um. So instead of being like a mechanical engineer, I was undecided when I came in. Um, okay and no did they give you like yeah. any reason why you would be better off as undecided because i've never heard i of- can tell you why it'll come up again like but they wanted me to go into the easiest one like quote unquote the easiest mm, one sure. which is where all the women were funneled they would funnel all of the women into systems engineering 
systems engineering is that like what is that like information science an inter- interdisciplinary field of engineering focused on how complex engineering projects should be designated and managed over their life cycles they wanted that to be is- a fucking scrum master they wanted to be yeah yeah so Ew. the people who did that like they got good job right they would work at like deloitte or whatever in consulting it basically was a funnel for consulting so already like immediately i get into an engineering school they're like trying to push me to the least technical like major generally it was already like pretty it was already pretty wild but anyway um i got into computer science because i took a class that was um you know you're undecided find out like which one you want to do and i actually ended up liking computer science the most and that's the end of the story what did you so in that class where you're like you're undecided to figure out what you want to do like how did they expose computer science to you (laughs) you're gonna expose me though okay so we did like some coding in java um i think we built like we built a game was it like it was like tic-tac-toe or something okay that's that's like a considerable amount of coding though like for somebody who doesn't know whether or not they want to do it yeah i was expecting you to be like they made us convert Celsius to Fahrenheit. Oh, no, 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 no. It was like, it was fun. I thought it was really creative. But, you know, listen, you know, at the end of the day, I like nice stuff. And, yeah. you know, that teacher, that professor first day walked in, had a PowerPoint, put it up. He was like, this is how much each engineering major is going to make. Damn. And guess what? Comp sci right up there. Well, it was actually below um, electrical engineering. But I was like, hmm. that shit was not fun. That was not yeah, fun. Electrical no. engineering. Uh, I, um, I wish yeah. I enjoyed electrical engineering because it seems like it's the, the things that you can build are fun, but it mm-hmm. just doesn't do it for me. Sort of seems like it might be up your alley. Well, I but. don't know. I mean, who knows? It's All it's right. never too late for a full career change. Just kidding. <laughs> All um, right, tell me what's your what's okay, your deal? So my background, as you mentioned, I was a music major. My first year of college, like I did not apply myself much because college was just like this really confusing concept for a music major. Cause it's like, I don't know. It was just weird. I just was like, I don't know what I want to do. I just want to do something with music. So I went to this school. I went to university of new Haven, which is like really more like a large high school. Wait, what? I know. I know. I don't I talk didn't know about you much. went there. I, lived in west haven connecticut i was a bouncer at toad's place in new haven i was a bouncer talking about is this a secret life i i was a bouncer yep an actual club bouncer Um, oh my god i it was like a it was more like a large high school um and everybody would go home on the weekends uh except for me um because i was from new jersey and i'm not going all the way back down there so I just kind of like, it was just bored. Um, and it just wasn't like challenging enough, I guess. Like, I don't know. I just wasn't, I was like, why am I here? And so I ended up transferring to Northeastern because a friend of mine told me about their co-op program. And cause I also just like always wanted to live in Boston. Um, weird. Well, when I was younger, I went to like a summer session at like Berkeley School of Music and I was oh, like, I, look, mm-hmm. I grew up in the middle of nowhere, New Jersey. I'm talking like more mm-hmm. cows than people. And so, you know, you go spend a week in Boston and you're like, oh, this is 
dope. I can. Oh, like, the big city, the bright lights. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. the large town, the yeah. medium-sized yeah. buildings, <laughs> um, <laughs> the broken streetlights. Uh, no, so uh, it, it. I mean, look, JP Licks is wonderful. Great ice cream. Got to live there. Anyway, so I transferred to Northeastern again as a music major, doing like composition and music technology. Um, and, uh, the summer after my first year there, so my second year of college and Northeastern's a five-year school. So I ended up doing mm-hmm. five years total. Um, I took a course, a summer course at a, another, at Longy school of music. Um, there was an adjunct music professor that I'd had that I really liked. And this, this course was like, I thought it was going to be like a real big thing. Um, it was in like a, a coding language called super collider where you like, you type lisp style code and you hit enter and sound comes out of your computer so it's like it's like treating your your code editor as a synthesizer um and i was like oh that's really cool i'm gonna try that out but like the class literally was me my um my partner and um a friend of ours was not your partner at the time no we were we were dating now we're already dating by then oh my god when i (laughs) it's a story for another time but we were never friends i met her and i was like hi you're my girlfriend now and she was okay. like, I don't know. And I was like, no, we are. And she's like, okay, fine. Um, <laughs> so this was, yeah, we've been dating for like about a, almost a year. And wow. um, a friend of ours, actually two friends of ours. And that was the whole class. There was like nobody else. Like, I feel like I actually staffed like, or, uh, you know, recruited all the students for this class. Um, and so we did this and our friend was like, hey, you're really good at this coding thing. And he had a dual degree in computer science and music tech. He's like, you should look into it. I was like, okay. Now I knew nothing about coding. I knew nothing about the tech industry. Mm-hmm. I like, it just was not a thing in my brain. Um, and so I go to the, the Dean, I guess like the student advisor type person. And I was like, Hey, I think I might want to minor in computer science. And he's like, Oh, it's not worth it. You should major in computer science instead. And I was like, Okay. Um, um, I know. I just want to pause and point <laughs> yeah, out the that. yeah, and point out that really incredible difference. I mean, there's not. I mean, there's not much more to say besides no. yeah. I yeah yeah. That, absolutely. Like this was in. I want to say like 2009. Um, and to be frank, there was. I want to say there were two women in my intro to CS class. There were. As far as I remember, there wasn't a single black person in the program that I can recall. Maybe, maybe there was like at some point one or two that I just was not in classes with. Um, cause it was a bigger, it was, a, it was, it was bigger than your, I, th- I would say there maybe was like a hundred to, to uh, maybe a couple hundred people. Um, but yeah, it, uh, like in, in the CS program in total, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was not very diverse. And, um, I mean, obviously we had very different experiences and I think, Different schools too, so that's worth noting. But still, I mean, yes. Boston, Boston isn't really known as a very uh, diverse city or a very integrated city, I should say. Um, so, uh, and just wait, can n- I pause? Yeah. Can I pause and go on a tangent? I'm so sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, go. Okay, I just want to say that people think that Boston is not black, but Boston is actually extremely black. It is 25% black. Okay. You heard that right. 25% black, which is more than the like 
national percentage. Okay. It's just that it's extremely segregated. And that is why you don't see black people in the parts of Boston you go to because they are all in a separate part. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's it. I just wanted to inform people because there's this myth that like black people from Boston don't exist. There's a shit ton of black people in Boston. All right. That's it. Go on. Continue. I will also say I'm just on this, on this tangent about Mm -hmm. Boston. There's also this like assumption that there are no Hispanic people yeah. or Latin Latinx people, mm-hmm. Latina people in Boston. And that is complete bullshit. Yes. And I know this because when I moved to East Boston, the entire and East Boston, a place where people are like nobody lives there. There's just an airport there. You can't get to East Boston without having to go underwater or up and around the city and over a bridge. So it's like it's mm-hmm. not connected via land. It's it's a it's basically basically an island more or less um well it's not real anyway but it's it's just all south american immigrants mm-hmm. and it's just that they are it's just so fucking segregated and it's yeah. like wait this entire like culture lives like a mile away from everybody else but just nobody ever it's just well it's, i mean that was the situation and then east boston gentrified yeah, it's um I mean this is not the podcast to talk about this, but I do think that Boston needs to get its shit together and deal with the segregation that's going on yep. um in the city. Uh, it's bad, y'all. Anyway, if this if this is interesting to y'all, uh read The Color of Law. They talk about why Boston, they talk about Boston specifically in certain mm-hmm. areas of Boston of why it's not segregated and it's fascinating mm-hmm. and fucked up. Anyway, diving back into colleges good tangent though um so similar to your story about like what cs majors would get paid again i knew nothing about uh the whole like tech industry i don't even think that um the social media or the social network was out that movie Mm, which i think really spurred people's interest in like what does it mean to be a coder how do you make all this money blah 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 anyway so um i remember like Maybe it was like a day or two after I decided I'll be a CS major. I'm walking home and I see the Metro, which is like Boston's terrible um, uh, free toilet paper. I mean, city paper. Um, And I look at it and on the front, it says like top paying degrees out of college. And I scroll like I scroll. Wow. I flip to that page. So this is a newspaper, by the way, kids. It's a physical piece of paper that you have to open and get anyway yeah i legit don't know what that is continue you're the worst yeah um and i get to this little graph and at the top there's computer science and again this is like 2009 and i remember calling my dad and being like dad do you know how much money i can make out of college and he's like what do you mean i'm like this paper says that i could make up to sixty thousand dollars stop it and he's like uh okay now look, I was a music major what? at the time. I was like, if I'm lucky, I could get all the, I could go all the way to being a manager at a guitar center. <laughs> so my my uh, my, you know, seeing sixty thousand dollars, I didn't know that. I was, I thought that was a lot of money. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just like, I mean, here sixty thousand dollars is like a like a regular amount or a good amount to make out of college, but like not for an engineer, not for someone in CS. What a weird. Oh, not now. Thing. I mean, now that's like you're getting two X that easily. 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 Um, oh, right, so we're just like back in the 70s. I forgot. I hate you. Uh, <laughs> Zen. Zen. 
10. Okay. Um, is this why, like, I just want to say, Ramey and I have never recorded an episode of this podcast in person. And it's probably good because I imagine it would just be like a back and forth of like Homer Simpson strangling Bart with like <laughs> me strangling her and her strangling me just like back and forth. So, uh, but maybe one day. Uh, anyway, so yeah. Um, and then I, you know, I just kind of took to it. Like I bought the, the, I remember buying the book, the textbook that I was going to need for my first class, but wanted to get a heads up. Cause I'm like, shit, I'm two years into college and I've like barely written a line of code. Um, and I remember sitting there with this textbook and learning scheme, which was like an entry level language. And I think my first day after a couple hours, I had written and executed a line of code that converted Fahrenheit to Celsius. I remember like I was living with my partner and I, I, I called her. I was like, I was like, come here come here come here come here look look what i can do and she's like okay uh, and i'm like and next step is building the next facebook <laughs> i'm dead um but yeah so that's how i got into cs um my program was you know i spent three years studying northeastern is well known for its co-op program because i was a dual major i only had to do one co-op so what that means is i spent six months um working as a full-time employee at blackberry actually which was the only company that would hire me because i was not a good coder like i was brand new to it um and i didn't really do anything because that was when like they laid off like everybody and like canceled projects and like i think i might have pushed code like three or four times uh over the course of six months um so it's been, it was pretty successful i don't know so okay so anyway that was like high level my experience in college um but we're here to talk about the people that we met in college and so i don't know i'm curious Ramy. like what were your uh co-students like okay literally so Wait, many co-students <laughs> co-students Cla- yeah classmates is that the <laughs> word okay anyway moving on oh my god okay yeah Okay, I think the first and the most prevalent per, like type of person that was in my like college experience was the rich kid who has been coding since he was t- like two. Oh my god, same. Same though. Like literally yeah. same. Yeah. Um okay. So here's a little story. My first real CS class, right? Um Baby Ramy, never, I had no idea, right? Like, I really just didn't know anything. And I feel like I shouldn't have to say that. But if you don't know something, you don't know something, okay? Can tell I'm still worked up about it. I mean, however many years later. Valid, like literally valid. I mean, again, I came into this program not knowing shit about code. And like, I think I was like 21 at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like dealing with people who are like 18 yeah. Yeah. and have been coding their whole life. And they're like, you don't know what a ternary is. I've and I'm truly, like, those people. No, I can't. But if you want me to buy this handle of vodka for you, you're going to explain <laughs> it to me, motherfucker. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, in- that never happened, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. Yeah. So, 101, we were in lab. Right. They were like, okay, so you need to apply this concept, right? Like, um, for loops. That was the concept. And I said, and I was like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, and the TA was like, okay, if you don't get it, just turn to the person next to you and like ask them for help. 
And so I turn to the person next to me and that guy turns the person next to him and he says, if there's any like dumbass in this class who like doesn't know what a for loop is, they should not be a computer science major. Okay. And I turned right back and I looked at my computer and I just didn't know what to do. That was oh, God. And that was like that, like that's the epitome of my CS. Um, like classmates, basically. I'm sorry. But yeah, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. That's I mean, bullshit. literally like that's one of many stories, one of many stories, but you know, the, um, I won in result, the end. Yeah. You won in the end. Cause like, honestly, the end result is like people with that attitude that get into the real world, they go nowhere. Mm-hmm. You can't go anywhere with that attitude. Yeah, no, it's a bad, I mean, it's a bad way to be in the work in the workplace. Like it's just bad. You're not going to, especially now, but, um, in college, it was terrifying for me. Uh, yeah, I, I'd imagine. And I'm assuming um, mm-hmm. you're one of a very few number of females in your program. Not at first. Mm. This class had a fair amount of women, um, but they all were like quiet and sat in the back, obviously. And, you know, the loudest were these like rich and they were rich. Like GW is a school for trust fund kids who couldn't get into Harvard. Is that bad for me to say? I mean, it's what <laughs> it's it is. sort of true. Um, GW is a school full of like very, very wealthy people who like their parents couldn't buy their way in to an Ivy. Yeah. Is I mean, how I think I, of it. we, <laughs> that's exactly what uh, Boston university is too. Burn. Mm-hmm. That Northeastern um, Boston university rivalry is alive and well inside me. <laughs> um anyway yeah they all went to like phillips andover exeter um God, phillips uh yeah if for those of you who don't know those are like the elite private schools in massachusetts um deerfield um where the rich send their kids so now you know if you didn't now you know <laughs> anyway what about you tell me about a like a type uh, of student well, so i i also had those types of students um who had been coding their entire lives. Um, there was this one kid who, and like, again, I, I had, I was very salty about it at the time because I was brand new to coding and you know, there's a lot that I struggled with early on. Um, and there was this one student who he was kind of like a know-it-all, like he would correct the professor. He would answer every question And it's just like, it kind of became the like, okay, what is this guy going to want to show off about today? (laughs) Yeah. But then like, but the thing is that like, to his credit, he had the receipts. Like before he graduated, he had built an app that an Android app that had been bought by Google and was standard issue on one of their special edition, like Android phones. Mm -hmm. Like, out of the box his app was on the phone and so yeah. like good for him yeah and i'm oh my like God. i don't know what he's doing now but i'm pretty sure like when he graduated he just went straight to google and like mm-hmm. he probably owns a couple of small islands now <laughs> um but like at the same time it was like 
you're not necessarily a bad person, but on principle, I have to hate you. Like I'm going to look, look, no offense, but as soon as you're out of my presence, I'm going to talk shit about you. (laughs) Um, but yeah, there were a couple of those students, um, but was he like outright nasty? Like, no, he I wasn't said, a or... nasty person. I think he just like, again, he was used to being a very, the smartest person in the room. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. kind of just gave him this like vibe of like, okay, we get it. But like, mm-hmm. there's no humility of like, I think, and it's hard to, obviously it's like impossible to do at that age when you're like a freshman or whatever. But like, yeah, yeah. I think the most, and the most important thing, and I, I remind the more senior developers that I work with who, you know, mentorship is not their strongest muscle. I I remind them all the time. Like you have to remind yourself what it was like when you were first learning what a for loop is. Understand that you had to learn it too. understand that you had struggles and it's really hard to like remind yourself of that. And that's why I think Mm -hmm. surrounding yourself with people who are early in their career is very healthy for, uh, for software engineers and for people in tech in general um yeah because the egos are out of control yeah but i mean understandably for this person like that must have been when he was four years old you know (laughs) he was like writing his first lines of code yeah he doesn't remember that no so so there were there were a couple of those i mean he he's like the the egregious like example but there were a, a handful of people who had been coding forever who had that access when they were in you know in high school or in these like prestigious uh private schools um but then there were people like mm -hmm. who were the people that i liked the most or like got along with the most were the people who you know were more from blue collar backgrounds who you know came in through a different route whether it was music or literature or something else that they like to do particularly in the arts and they just picked up technology um and it was people who had to try to like shoehorn their other life experiences into figuring out how this thing worked. And those those are the people that I tend to, um, I spent the most time with in college. Did you have like a fair amount of those people in your like program? I I didn't have any pity like that. I'd say more than I was surprised. I'd say at the number of people who were in my program who were musicians, um, or people who just, you know, weren't like growing up living and breathing technology and coding but just like somehow found their way into this program um there's a decent handful of people and i I also sought them out you know um but it was because i i'm a big fan of leaning on other people and like you know working with other people um even though i knew that like whenever there were like group assignments i was going to be Usually I was the dead weight in a sense. Like I remember mm-hmm. one time I don't know why, but I was talked into taking graduate level compilers. Um, <laughs> where you, like, I mean, you're no. building a code compiler. It's like no. one of the heaviest things you can do. No. And there was like this one kid in our group who was doing like the vast majority of the work and Mm -hmm. i would be like okay explain to me what you need me to do and i was i was trying to be very humble about it like i know i'm like give me the menial task you know tell me what to do i'm not going to insert my own opinion or whatever just and he'd be like okay you need to connect the vertebrae to the hyperfibrillator (laughs) and then eject 
the plasma into outer space. And I was like, okay, can can you can you say that all again in smaller words? Because I just did. I just like I got through the class. We completed the project. I retained mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. God bless that kid. For real, I will say there are like the kids who have been coding for a long time who are also just nice like there are those kids too who help out um there were two women who made it all the way through um with me both of them their parents were software engineers Uh. so that's how they got exposed like it wasn't like oh because i think a lot of people get exposed because they are like wealthy because like people have computers but people don't necessarily even know what software engineering is or maybe didn't mm. back then i don't really know now yeah but, I mean, well to um, be fair in my time we used abacus to, anyway <laughs> uh-huh. um, yeah but then sometimes there's just like the kids who aren't necessarily like super like super wealthy and go to schools that expose them to it but just like their parents know. so yeah yeah, and there were a couple that. of those, I think, in my program as well. Um, but, you know, and it's, it's funny, going back to a point you made, like, everybody, at least that I've talked to, has had this experience where the first day of class in your, like, 101, your, like, intro to computer science, mm-hmm. the room is full, there's people literally sitting yeah. on the stairs, and then three quarters of the way through the class, only the first yep. two rows are filled. Yep, absolutely. That's exactly what happened. There was... It was also like most of the women, you know, they Mm -hmm. all went to systems. They all went, they were all went to systems. Like the back two rows were women. Those rows were empty by like not even mid-year. Yeah. That is bleak. Well, we also had a very unwelcoming program overall. Wait, can I tell you another? um, (laughs) Okay. Another uh, 101 story. Yeah, please. Okay. So this isn't in lab. This is legitimately the first day. So this professor walks in, who also we'll talk about later, but <laughs> this professor walks in and he says, he gives this entire like beginning speech about how like now like CompSci is cool. It didn't used to be like, but we're not all geeks now. Like look to your left, look to your right. Like this is not who it like the geeky people it used to be. And I look. Oh no. <laughs> Sorry. It's just like I look to my right. There's a boy slouched down like, you know, like like his like upper half of his body is like over the the desk, you know? His entire his entire hand is like in his mouth. <laughs> what? 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 His hand. He's like his hand is in his mouth. And I'm like, I don't think you're right. I'm he's like, just, I don't think you're right. His yeah, hand. Yeah, he was. Yeah, it was in his mouth. He's just like sucking on his fist. Mm-hmm. Okay, normal, normal. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. and I was like, to say that speech and then have it immediately proven incorrect. I don't know. Hey, I don't know what to tell you. That kid's name, Elon Musk. <laughs> 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 oh, Papa Musk. Um, yep. Okay. A, 
another type of person that I encountered way mm-hmm. too often. And oh my God, I totally forgot about the story until now. The people who had to take a CS class, mm-hmm. but they weren't CS majors. Yes. Oh my gosh. I sort of love those people. Okay. Uh, I love yeah. them. Okay. Well, okay. So this one in particular was a, um, a business major. Yep. And I don't know. Majors. I guess he had some sort of maybe stats minor. I don't know. And he yep. needed to and take to learn a Python. CS. Sorry, oh, sorry to interrupt even. you. No, no, no. Like, but this class was like not even Python. It was fucking like mm-hmm. again. It was Lisp. Okay. And so he made a point of constantly saying how stupid it was and how he didn't want to be there and how computer mm-hmm. science is for nerds and blah blah blah. Oh, wow. Then why is he and taking remember, it? Because like, he had to for his major. Oh, okay, got it. Like that's my point. Is like this is not this is like not an elective. Like it's like he had to take a coding class got um, it and i just one thing that just really stuck out to me is like one day he showed up and like just had like a huge like a couple of like like wounds on his face mm-hmm. i don't know like he was in a frat which also like i'll mm-hmm. say northeastern frats are not your standard frats like they don't have frat houses mm-hmm. so they were it wasn't really a party school so anytime that somebody actually was in a fraternity it's like what do you even do? I don't know. It was weird. Like one day he just showed mm-hmm. up like a bunch of like, like scratches all over his face and like was really sketchy about it. And I was like, all right, cool. Anyway. Um, but he, so we, we got paired together, him and I on this project and um, we were like told to work together and I was like, all right, let's meet up at the lab at this time. And then like right before he called me, he's like, Hey, I can't make it. I was like, okay. Uh, and then like at another point he like messaged me. He's like, Hey, can you just like, he's like, just let me know where you like leave off or whatever. Like he kept being like, Oh, I can't make it. I can't make it. Uh, I don't have time. Sorry. I'm busy. And he, but he was like, but you go ahead and just work on it. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay fuck you dude so i just did what any self-respecting person would do i just went to the professor like the day before it was due and i was like look this guy has done zero work i've tried and i had the receipts you know i had the text messages and the emails and i was like i tried to get this guy involved he doesn't want to so can we just like separate because i don't i don't want him getting credit for my work like fuck Mm -hmm. that Uh, no no and so the professor was like, all right, cool. Yeah, fine. I guess he like emails the kid and he's like, hey, you're on your own now. And now the kid's got like one day to like hand in a two week project or whatever. Uh, and he calls me, mm-hmm. leaves a voicemail on my phone, just like screaming at me and cursing me out and like calling me a little bitch. And he's like, Gross. fucking went to the fucking instructor you little blah 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 and i'm like okay and so i do what any self-respecting music major would do when they have a recording of something that they think is funny i made a, an edm track like I, you know i sat down it took like two or three hours to do so i made a little edm banger with a build <laughs> and a drop and all that but the whole thing was just sand, like like it was all like synths and the samples from this guy like cursing me out yeah and you sent it to him 
What? No, no, I don't think he ever heard it actually. Instead, I sent it to the instructor, <gasps> the professor, and and I literally and he thought it was hilarious. And then I showed up to class the next day. And before the professor was even there, I was like, and again, this is at the point where like there's only like about a dozen people left in the class, right? And I was like, hey, I'll check this out. Cause the kid, like, he didn't show up. I think he dropped the class because of this mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um or no, he didn't, but he threatened to like kick my ass or something in this yeah. voicemail. And so I sent the voicemail along with the track to the professor and mm-hmm. he's like, well, I'm sorry, this guy's threatening violence. So we're just going to remove him from the class. Uh, I was like, cool. that's good. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, he was, this was a very, the, this was the one or one of the two professors that everybody wanted because he was just like a good dude. Mm-hmm. And, um, rare. Yeah, so I went to the classroom like, all right, before class starts, uh, I have something to show you all. And I just played the song. (laughs) Wait, that's hilarious. To the entire class? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I wish I still had this. If I still had this, and I I will tell you right now, I do not have this recording, unfortunately. Um, But if I did, I would absolutely, like, play it on this podcast. But um, I just, yeah, it was a, that was one of those, like, wow, I can't believe this this escalated this far where this person is like threatening me with violence. Yeah. That's he, insane. I don't know. So that that's was one insane. of, one of those like yikes types of moments for me. Yeah. Wait, can I say I have, so for non like people taking a comp sci class, but they're not comp sci people. Um, we had a fair amount of those, except it wasn't required. Oh, okay, so like it's an elective, like they're doing it because they want to be there. Yeah, they no, had those people um, are great. They had, I think they actually may have had like computer science for business. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they had harder and easier computer science classes at the school because you could be a computer science major in engineering or you could not be. They had two separate computer, like they had liberal arts computer science and engineering computer science. Okay, that makes sense. Um, But yeah, in particular, there was this senior in one of my sophomore classes. It was um, data structures and algorithms number one. And she was, I thought she was the coolest person. She was from New York. She had like a fancy bag and she was like a like um, business statistics major, like literally exactly what you would expect. But she like would walk into class and she would look at me and she'd be like, I hate she would say things like, I hate this city because like people are still wearing backpacks around when they're adults. Stop wearing your backpacks. Like it was like literally the most like random New York like snobbery. She was like, there's no good rooftop parties here. Like, what are any of us doing here? What are any (laughs) just like totally? Oh, my God. She's my spirit animal right right um yeah i hope she's doing well i hope she like got into whatever crazy business thing she was gonna get into she she (laughs) almost definitely did you know those people you know these like absolutely know know these people absolutely one thousand percent know these people yeah yeah Uh, so okay lots of interesting people that we meet in our cs programs and i will say now that like so I, I mentioned the co-op program at Northeastern and I love, love, love hiring students from this program. It's a great way to, um, 
to bring in like really young, hungry talent, young people and show them what the industry is like. But it's also a great way to give opportunities to bring in to, to more diverse groups of people so that they can mm -hmm. like really get a leg up in the industry. And so through the work that I've done with that program, um, I've seen they brought in um, a, a new dean of the school who's a woman and she's really been leading a lot of DEI initiatives and the student base for at least for Northeastern's CS program for what I've seen has gotten so much more diverse than when I was there. And that is just so awesome to see because mm -hmm. like, it needs it needed to happen I and mean, i'm sure you uh, it's obvious based on our stories but also now anytime that someone's like it's just we want to have a more diverse engineering team but it's a pipeline problem you can be like shut the fuck up it's not a pipeline problem there's plenty of people who are not white men in the industry you just need to do better at hiring them but that's another episode um so i want to talk now about we talked about the students. Let's talk about the professors. Mm -hmm. Who was your nutty professor? Okay, nutty. Here's a story. Same class. Algorithms. One. Okay. I'm not going to give a name. He's still working at a different institution. Very, like, well-renowned. Legit. Mm. He thought that the administration was spying on him what he thought the administration was spying on him at the time i thought it was crazy and really funny and looking back on it i'm like i wonder if they were <laughs> like now i'm Whoa. like i wonder if they were um but anyway so he was over it too he was about to leave the program anyway so i like he was a good professor he was a good professor but he would do things like he would hide under the table he'd be like and they're uh, looking at me right th like you see that camera right there and he would like go under the table for like you know a few minutes yeah, he'd be like sure. and he would like give little speeches listen to me the people at this school they suck they're full of shit <laughs> and um the other thing like he was so over it he was so so over it he, he goes, listen, <laughs> listen, listen, y'all, y'all are doing fine in this class. Um, instead of having a final assignment, go on Amazon and rate my book. Five stars. <laughs> I mean, I'm in. Yeah, of course. Are you kidding me? Of course. Go on Amazon, rate my book. Five stars. You get an A. Wait. Mm-hmm. Hold on. One of us needs to become an adjunct teacher somewhere and be like, look, final, <laughs> follow, listen to, and give five stars to my podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, it's like, I guess, unethical. Uh, um, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's entirely, un There's. it's completely unethical. I mean, whatever. I don't know. I mean, sure. I mean, I'm not against it. I mean, it's just like there were so many other like awful things that happened like during these four years. But anyway, yeah, the administration did find out later, like the next like over the summer and then yeah. like gave us a stern talking to. um, Like the next fall. 
We got a lot of stern talkings to my class. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with me. Listen, y'all, I would have gotten an A in that <laughs> class anyway. Let me tell you. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so that would be my nutty professor. He did some wild things. But what about you? So mine is not too different from that. Um, and I mean, we had a couple of nutty professors. We had the one who was very like guarded about his past and he would reference like times when he lived in uh in hong kong he'd reference organized crime that like he he, i don't know if he was just trolling and trying to make it seem like he was like an international spy or something like that but he he would always talk about things that made people think like what something like he would say i can't talk about that because it's confidential you know or whatever like and i'm just like uh, is that true or not i don't know <laughs> um but we had this one professor who and I, okay so we had this one professor who was really really smart guy he was really into really shitty like b movies like um like sci-fi B movies and in, like Israeli industrial music. So he and I got along when it came to that kind of stuff. Cause I love yeah. that weird shit. Um, but like, I mean, in class he would just kind of be intense, but like not that weird. But then over time he just got weirder and weirder and he would like start talking about his personal life. And I guess his like marriage was falling apart. So oh, like, I feel no. for the guy, but oh, it just got kind of off. Ew. And so one day, like, I needed, I needed help on a, on something. I was just struggling because this was a difficult Mm -hmm. class. I was struggling on something. And so, you know, I email him and I'm like, can I like, you know, and he's like, I was like, you know, the, uh, the TA was out sick for like that week. And I was like, is there any chance that you could just like, you know, help me out with this a little bit? Like, and it was like something that could have totally been handled via email. Right. And he's like, come to my office. I was like, okay, whatever. Fine. So I go to the guy's office. I get there and he's like, okay, um, sit down, open it up. Do you understand the assignment? I'm like, well, yeah, except I have issues with this and this. He goes, okay, I'm hungry. Try it for a little bit. I'll be right back. He leaves, closes the door to his office, and then I hear click. I fucking shit you not, Raimi. He locked me in his office. Oh my God. I am not a person with claustrophobia, but all of a sudden I did. <laughs> it's not like a massive what? office either. Like, you know, it's a, it's a small little cubby hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, uh, okay. And then I look back at my computer and I'm like, but I don't know what to do because I came here for help. And he's like, just he's work gone. on it. Like I could have just. <laughs> he gave you help. He said, you can't leave until you finish it. <laughs> so like, honestly, I swear to go. God. I'm not even exaggerating. He, I think he was gone for almost an hour and he comes back and he's got just like a little takeout container of like seaweed salad. And I'm like, what did you do over the course of the hour? Because it takes like about five minutes to walk to the student union and buy this thing and then come back. It's about like a 15 minute total excursion. And then he kind of just like gave me some advice and then was like, okay, leave. And I left and I was just like, what just happened? I just felt so so like, that's so funny. Yeah. I don't know. He was just, uh, but no, the, uh, 
yeah from there it did kind of just devolve to him like randomly leaving the classroom and coming back and just like going on random tirades about his ex-wife and it just yep. kind of you know poor guy uh but also i think there was also some paranoia about mm-hmm. the um uh the faculty the other faculty there uh, listen so yeah. i will say sorry i just like yeah random paranoia about the other faculty might be right listen yep. turns out academia is like just some weird ass politics so i want to go into some weird ass politics real quick okay and i'm gonna call somebody out Ooh. Yep. this is not a professor that i had mm-hmm. this is a professor so again i'm living in seattle right now uh, this is a professor uh, at university of washington mm. who's been in the news quite a bit lately mm-hmm. his name is Stuart regis r-e-g-e-s okay um so being in the pacific northwest we are on and i, I don't i am not going to get into the politics here about this but i mean I'm I'm sure it's pretty obvious where I stand. No idea what this is. We okay. live on land mm-hmm. that was taken from stolen. indigenous people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stolen. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's we all word. do. We all do. We, we all, all do. do. We all do. Yeah. Correct. In the Pacific Northwest, um there's been a lot of uh efforts to minimize or mitigate the current impact on the existing native people mm-hmm. great one such thing that people do which is seen by many as symbolic but i'm not going to get into it are these um land acknowledgements mm-hmm. where uh you may go to an event and somebody says okay before this event starts i just want to acknowledge that we are currently on land that is being occupied, um, land that belonged to the insert name of indigenous tribe people. And that's it, right? No harm done mm-hmm. to anybody. Uh, it, it's, it spreads awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, so this guy was very much triggered by the fact that uh, the campus um, has these acknowledgements. Um, and so like the entire uh there was there was a, a best practices document that was put out by university of washington um specifically the paul allen school which is the computer science program mm-hmm. um and that document you know it has simple things like hey maybe don't use gendered language mm-hmm. you know maybe instead of saying guys say y'all or mm-hmm. hey you know there are religious holidays that are not just celebrated by Christians. So maybe mm-hmm. think about that in this document. You know, they talk a lot about what makes course syllabus syllabi more inclusive. And mm-hmm. there's a recommendation that lit- like, literally it's like a, a sexual harassment statement to explain that we prohibit all forms of sexual harassment and who you can reach out to. Mm-hmm. And then right under that, an indigenous land acknowledgement. And this is mm-hmm. an example statement. The example statement over here, the University of Washington acknowledges the Coast Salish people of this land, um, Salish, I think, uh, the land which touches the shared waters of all tribes and bands within the Suquamish, Tulalip, and Muckleshoot nations. Great. Mm-hmm. That, fine. Well, this guy decided, no, that's not okay. 
That's just not okay. And so he decided to put his own um, statement in his syllabus, which was, I acknowledge that by the labor theory of property, the Coast Salish people can claim historical ownership of almost none of the land currently occupied by the University of Washington. What? Yeah, no, this guy just... Where is that? Where did he put that? In in the core syllabus. Oh, ew. Oh, ew. Ew. And so... So this... And this happened, like, earlier this year, right? Like, a couple months ago. Just gross the university was not thrilled about this Mm -hmm. they called it a disruption to instruction it is they opened a shadow sec class section basically created another section um with like a they had another professor record lectures and invited students to switch out of his section Mm -hmm. to this other one so that like because they're just like i don't want to you know, students didn't want to deal with that or you feel um, like unsafe yeah go on. i feel unsafe as fuck like yeah my partner is is is, is indigenous a large percentage of her ancestry mm-hmm. is in, indigenous and so like i would not i'm thinking well okay <laughs> does am i in a situation where if my professor learns about that that they're going to um, I don't know, think differently of me, give me a different experience in the class, maybe with that, that impact my grade. It's just, it's just one of those things where it's just like, why did you have to say that? And what else yeah. are you anyway? Yeah. So, um, so he, uh, he sued the university. He's currently suing the university. Really? Okay. Yeah. It's a free, he's alleging that this is a free speech violation. Oh, I'm so tired. I'm so, oh yeah. Oh my God. Like, now I just I just like I'm not gonna go too deep in this guy because like fuck this guy. But this is not new. Like this per if you go to this person's website, like he literally has an article called I am not a racist. <laughs> oh no. Ew. Uh uh. Like okay. he's publicly gone on record and spoke at an event saying that there's not rampant racism, that there's not like racism isn't a problem at the University yeah. of Washington. He was um because of his like the issues that he had with race he was demoted and he was placed on probation like Mm -hmm. and this was a couple years ago but he also published an opinion piece titled it's time to defund lgbt activism on campus and another opinion piece called cops don't deserve this abuse Mm-hmm. And another opinion piece called. Of okay, course. no, I don't want to. I don't want to no? hear. Okay. I don't want to hear. No, no. <laughs> we're done. No. So I just want to say, like, fuck this guy. Yeah, literally, absolutely. like, if you, I'm sorry, if you're a, a, a an educator, your political beliefs don't fucking matter unless if you are if you are talking about political beliefs, the only beliefs that matter are. This is my belief on how I can make this a more safe and inclusive environment for everyone here. If you don't have anything to say regarding that, then shut your fucking mouth. I'm I'm going on record as fuck Stuart Regis. Good on the University of Washington for censuring this person and fuck any like judge or other judicial person who is going to give any credence to this guy's free speech violation nonsense yeah like that i just couldn't imagine 
and I watched this happening in real time because mm-hmm. like people were posting on the UW subreddit at the mm-hmm. beginning of the semester, like, yo, my professor put this in my syllabus. Mm. Is this weird or is it just me? It's absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. That's, I mean, not surprising, but still horrifying. I will. I, I want us to have an update on this at some point, like when mm-hmm. when there's more news on it. But like that just uh, I never had any professor that would go out of their way to make people feel like they didn't belong in like that. And I anybody, not like that. Anybody who has had one of those professors or I really hope that this podcast is reaching the whole point of this podcast is to reach people who are either new to the industry or looking to get in the industry. And that includes students. If you have a professor or another student or anyone in your program whether it's computer science or anything else that makes you feel like you don't belong ignore them or an advisor or an advisor (laughs) get a new advisor a roommate or a voice in your head like no it's hard i mean easier said than done i bet so let me can i ask you this ramey like what got you like as like look being straight up as a black woman in a computer science program who graduated and is now a kick-ass, amazing software engineer that everyone idolizes and looks up to. What or who got you through yeah. all those negative experiences? My friends, I was really lucky to be in a class. Like my computer science class had a lot of women. It had another black woman had two other sorry two i was like uh no i think there were two there were there were two other black women in my computer science class the other classes above me and below me had one black person but my class had three i don't know why i think it's because we all found each other and then it just like we were just there um so and then there were two there were four other women as well and i think that just helped us get through it like friends it was just basically friends like Mm. that's it that's all i can say wow no professors no are you kidding Uh. no i did not have that kind of i had a professor who one oh i had him three times I literally got out of one of his classes and I said, I'm quitting. I can't do this anymore. It this, like, it's just so, so bad. <laughs> like, Oh my God. I still remember the look on my friend's faces. Cause they were like, I was like, I'm going to my advisor right now. And they're like, no, you're not. <laughs> they, were like, they were like, no, you're not. But um, yeah. So this was the same one-on-one teacher, this teacher, like who said, you know, we're not nerdy anymore. Um, he like, also said at the end of the class he like at the end of the semester he said listen computer science is hard it's not for everybody if you got anything less than an a in this class you are not going to succeed so you should just quit now um fuck he also really really prioritized the people that looked like him like actually like um he had them working as um what is it like assistance mm. in his research really early on? And it was like, if you looked at the people in his lab, they actually looked exactly like him white, 
tall, skinny. Like they all looked like him to that extent. And they all called him. Okay. And this is a person. They all called him the grand wizard. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. I don't know. Like they, that's what they called him. I don't know if they don't know what that meant. If it was from a video, like, I don't know why, but here I Googled it. I Googled it right now because I wanted to make sure that this is the first thing that comes up. Okay. The first thing that comes up on Google, when you Google Grand Wizard, um, Grand Wizard was the head of the Reconstruction Era Ku Klux Klan. That is what a Grand Wizard is. So I don't know what the fuck (laughs) you were up to, what you were trying to do there by calling him that. But um, you want to talk about a place that was not like accepting or like inclusive my college experience was that they weren't actively like well they weren't actively saying you need to get out of here but everything they did said you need to get out of here i'm having an emotional reaction right now because like sorry did they call him this to his face yeah did they call him this in a place where like yeah other people like other faculty was aware of this yeah like uh, this is as a jewish person for you as, as as a person of color like that is so fucked up yeah i mean i just like the only thing i can think is that they didn't know what that meant but that's giving them like a really big benefit of the doubt like i really don't know um, um did google exist when you were in college <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. I don't know. Um, I had him three times. I was only supposed to have him once. He was, um, he taught operating systems, but for like the, the class I was in, the professors like were out a lot. So the person who was supposed to teach 101, who was supposed to be a great professor was out for that semester. So we got him instead. And then I got him in OS, which is when I was like, I'm quitting. I can't do this anymore. And then I got him again for senior year like project which was the worst the worst he was the absolute worst during that which is important because he was so bad in the other two classes too um jesus just completely unhelpful to those of us who did not look like him and i don't even mean like like he wasn't even helpful to the short like white kids Uh, like when i say look like him i mean like actually look like him like uh, had something couldn't get any help (laughs) no had something in them like he looked at them and he said oh this is like me when i was younger like that's the kind of like oh my god nothing boils my blood more than somebody saying i like this person like as a candidate for a job or as an intern or whatever, because they remind me of myself when I was younger. Yep. Nothing boils my blood more because nothing is more like that's not people call that an unconscious bias. There is nothing unconscious about that bias. Yeah. 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 Ugh. It was. I, I mean, it was really bad. Like when I say I had a really bad college experience, it was very bad. Like I have many, many awful, awful stories. Um, Okay, can we move on to another professor? Do you... Let's do it. Let's keep going. Problematic professor number two. Oh, and God. he was... Um, <laughs> he hated all of us. Um, he hated all of us. It was so funny. Um, 
he was playing the political game. He had no interest in being a professor. He was interested in being um, dean of the engineering school. And so he would do things. Okay. He would do things like, so I think I actually said in one of our last episodes, maybe that we had an old engineering building that didn't have women's bathrooms. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And they had to convert some of them. (laughs) They had to convert some of them. So we got we got a new engineering school built because they they were like, oh, wait, this is like lucrative now. We should build a new one. Right. Yeah. They didn't let the students in for the first year. Wait, what? They didn't let the student. I could not get into the building. The only uh, people that could get into the building were professors and students who were doing like research with the professors. OK. Such as the white tall kids. Me, I couldn't get in. What were they doing in there? They were showing, um, they were showing people around. So like, um, prospective students were in there, um, and also investors. Like, okay, what, what do they call investors that invest in like colleges? In like, hours or something? Yeah, like people who give money to the college. That's who was in there, and then people literally pretending to be in the classroom, not real students. Anyway, so. The that professor who was like, really, that was his whole little project in terms of not letting students in. And then when it did get open to the rest of us the next year, there were tables and chairs set up and he would go around and he'd be like, you can't actually sit here. You need to leave. Wait, what? (laughs) Like, like, what do you mean? Like, you can't sit here. Like, it was reserved for a specific student. No, no, no. You just can't sit here. It ruins the vibe. (laughs) Like, that's what he said. He was like, listen, we're bringing around fancy people. You can't be sitting here. The feng shui is off. Yeah. He was like, this is just for decoration. What? To convince people to get to come to the school. This is not for you to actually use. That's so weird. I got kicked out of the new engineering building. It got to the point where I was like, I guess I'm just staying in the old one. Like, I don't know. Uh, Okay. But the ultimate thing. Here's the ultimate thing. Okay. All right. You want to talk about... Oh, okay. So, this was sophomore year spring. This this kicked out a lot of people. A lot of people dropped after this. Even men. Men, white men, they dropped after this. Ooh. He said... And this is also... He's a professor that also was in charge or, like, led a movement... Um in like the computer science division to implement um classes that like weed out classes that basically oh, no. yeah um weeded out people who quote unquote wouldn't be able to make it right which was like basically what my 101 class turned into also because of this other this other professor but um all right so sophomore year spring we take his class and he goes, you are all disappointments. You are all like atrocious. You are stupid. You mm-hmm. are dumb. And I cannot believe you even got into the school. The fact that they let you in is an embarrassment to the school. He also said, you should be spending every moment studying. Um, and then he also like, 
He also said that this is the reason that we're not Harvard because of the students like you. He's saying this to the entire class because of students like you. We know, listen, the students are only here for four years. You've been here much longer. I wonder, I, that doesn't logically make sense. Like, what are but, you doing with your life? Like, yeah. what is he doing with his life? He's a fucking professor at this school. He's the yeah. one who's teaching the students. If the students yeah. are failing, it's his fault. He doesn't teach at Harvard. Also, yeah. who the fuck? Like, I'm sorry. Harvard is not a, a prestigious, renowned computer science school. It's not. So what is his point? Um, Like, I... So... <laughs> I was tough by this point. The thing is, like, as a black woman, I was tough by this point. I immediately was like, this is somebody who is trying to put his issues on us, first Mm -hmm. of all. Right. And he was playing he was playing the political game. He wanted to be dean of the engineering school. And so he in his mind, he's building the engineering school up so that it can one day rival Harvard. Do you know, like he's playing his own individual game. Okay. But listen, even right white man, he raises his hand. This poor, this poor white man. I'm not going to say that. I don't usually say that. He says, (laughs) I'm on a scholarship. I have to work to afford college. I have to like, I can't spend all day doing this. I have to work like I have to work student. What is it called? Work study. And then I have to work another job. All right. Like. To pay for to pay for college and the professor goes well do you want to pay for college or do you want to fucking graduate get it together um, he quit i'll he go quit. with option c which is both of those yeah um like the next day the class was cut in half Oof, jesus um yeah and that was like that should that, be allowed. that white man wasn't there anymore it's not anymore. I don't think um, he actually gave the same speech when I was a senior. He gave the same speech to the freshmen. Yeah. The entire class quit. The but entire like, my class point quit. Is, is like there needs to be some sort of indicator where like if more than one person drops a class over the course of like a week that it pauses people dropping the class and it drops the professor's ass. Yeah, but he was. Oh, no, he was tired, right? Well, he had his eyes on the on the dean like situation. Mm. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. like he was, you know, best buds with the dean already. Yeah. What like it's a political game. But he did give this that speech. He gave it to a uh, freshman, like the entire freshman class quit, mm. and then he had to go and apologize. <laughs> um, so there was that professor uh, as well. You want to talk Jesus. about problematic <laughs> professors? Yeah, uh. he was. You know what? He was awful. He was pretty awful. I'm just like, (laughs) I got, you know, the thing is like, I'm sitting here thinking like, you know, of the professors that I could remember, the ones that I didn't like suddenly seem pretty awesome (laughs) in comparison. (laughs) Like, I mean, and then the ones I liked, I mean, I had this uh, Ricardo Pachella. I'm going to just say like the best fucking professor, like you know i went to him and i was like hey i'm struggling a little bit and we had a long really awesome conversation where you know he wanted to understand what my goals were and like you know and like so that he could basically be like you don't need to be perfect at everything that you're learning in my class what are your goals and based on your goals here's the things that you should be taking out of it and then we went and got sushi 
And That's then he nice. became, uh, he was at my wedding. <laughs> he was oh, nice. wow. Yeah, we became friends, you know, after I graduated, we would get, get like coffee and sushi occasionally. Like, you yeah. know, and so uh, then I hear about your fucking KKK running and, <laughs> you know, this like, what, like that last guy just reminds me of like Gary V, like Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Like that, like toxic, like you need to sleep two hours a day. and work 27 hours a day and if you can't make more time in your day then fuck you like yeah i mean that's really uh, it that's really it i mean you want to talk about rooting out working class people too you know i hate that what about Um, like what what, i want to know what that guy's childhood was like that or like his even just his like when he was a student what was he like in college what did he probably like exactly what I would think he was exactly like what he was he's talking about now. No, no. I, I don't think so. I, I'm going to pathologize this guy for a hot second. I feel like he probably just hated who he was when he was, you know what I mean? Like he probably didn't come from a rich background. He probably had to struggle and he probably is just one of those like I lifted myself up by my bootstraps type of people. And I don't know. You know, back when buying a house was $30 and he was, yeah, college was $20 a year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, but listen, so that was, I don't know. Like, I want to go back if I can just quickly go back to the professor that was talking about how the faculty was watching him. Yes, please. Cause I actually like this guy. He probably, they probably were at at this point. I'm I'm convinced. (laughs) Do you see? Do you see what I mean? At this point, it's like they were insane. The hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I'm sure that the other professors were totally fucking with him, too. They probably were like I could see this other guy you were just talking about, like taking a broken TV remote and pulling the guts out of it and like leaving it under the guy's desk. So it looks like some sort of like mm-hmm. surveillance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, I just really quickly did want to talk about there was one professor who was like very, very helpful. Yeah. And just like cheering me on. So I want to, I do want to say that, but I forgot to mention him for a minute because he was not in computer science. Oh. He wasn't. He was literally a systems professor, systems engineering. Huh. But he was nigerian and he saw me and he was like he was like listen you are smart you like we are we are smart cape we can do this you got this like you gotta just like keep going keep pushing through da 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 so like literally the thing is like didn't even like take his class when i met him do you know what i mean it was just like yeah so i will say like there's always somebody, even if it's not in your department, even if it's like, you know, not maybe even like a classmate, but a professor or somebody, there's somebody there that'll cheer you on. Yeah, that's it. Good. Well, I'm glad you had somebody that looked like you, that you could, that was supportive of you. It just really sucks that (laughs) there were so many people that were the opposite. Yeah. Yep. Wait, can you hold on one minute? Oh, no. What was that? Okay, so I looked up the book. Shit ton of five stars, right? Oh, that And then there's this... 
there's one star review. It says most reviewing this book have only one review on Amazon. This oh. book has a lot of errors, and frankly, I bought it based on the reviews. Oh, no! However, <laughs> However when I look up the reviews, I notice that a lot of them have only one review on Amazon. Highly suspicious and should have been a good warning. Oh, that poor person. I'm dead! I'm dead! <sighs> I that, no, that's, that's, a, that's quite the update. Can I... Lastly, talk about the advisor. Yeah, please. The well-meaning advisor (laughs) who thinks that this is just going to be, listen, this just might just be too hard for you. Have you ever thought about systems engineering? Um, Maybe something like a little more soft. Soft. Um, Soft. 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 Something more feminine. Something more feminine. Something easier to do when you're wearing high heels. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Um, Oh, God. Yeah. Like, truly tried his best to get me out of computer science so many times. And I actually wanted to be um, a political science, like, double major. Mm. And he said, we actually don't allow that. He goes, because computer science is going to be, like, so tough. um, Like, maybe you can minor in it, but we don't allow that. Come to find out there was somebody above me. I found this out junior year, so I couldn't like go back and like complete a whole major that there was somebody doing exactly that a year above me. (gasps) Just, you know, not a black woman. So it definitely was allowed. Um, I feel like you should get some sort of like partial refund of your tuition. Yeah, I know, dude. It was like really fucking tough. And you know what? Here, I'll leave it at this. I met another black girl, graduated like two years out, like me. I've been graduated for two years. I met another black girl who was a sophomore in her spring sophomore semester at GW, just like better at Grace Hopper. And I was like, oh, how is it? And she was like, oh, you know, it's really great. I love it. I love computer science. And I was like, how is it actually? And she started to cry. Oh, no. And she like, and I was like, yeah, I know. Like, I was just like, yeah, I know. But listen, I got through it. And like, you can too. Like, you just have to get through it. Um, And yeah, that's it. Like, that's it. You can do it. Listen, whoever, whoever needs to hear this, like, you can do it. And legit, it is better on the other side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it oh, is. Yeah. It is. Um, it and, absolutely is. And don't Not, forget, like, amazing, but better. The fact mm-hmm. is, the people who are professors at your university, look them up and just try to see the last time that they professionally worked in the software yeah. industry. And this is not an indictment of professors who leave the industry to become, to go into academia at all. There's like, not at all, but it also adds context to when somebody who hasn't worked in the industry for over a decade tries to tell you what the industry is like, you need to take it with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. well, um, Thank you, Ramey, for sharing all those colorful and difficult experiences. 
Um, and I hope that our listeners find value in this. And like I like like you said, if if you're in, you know, college or a boot camp, or you're you know doing whatever you can do to get into the tech industry, don't let anybody tell you you don't belong. Um, and lastly, I just want to close with a statement. Um, fuck Stuart Regis. Okay, good night. Good night. May I be blunt with you? If you'd like to write in with any questions you'd like to have answered, topics you'd like covered, or other general nonsense, send Ramey and I an email at IWouldNeverKnowPod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time. So uh, Ramey just went to the restroom and therefore she can't hear this. And while she's not here, I just, I'm just gonna have a, take this moment to, um, you know. (laughs) She will never know until she listens to this and then tells me to take it out. So you probably won't hear this.